we have reached a point in these last couple of days where uh, I'm saying that it was in the last 12 hours, but it, it was probably in the last couple of days for sure, in which the uh, over will, will totally smash the framework and it'll just go floating about and drift off. And we're gonna have to clean it up. I'm very pleased now because we've reached the tipping point and the lies are starting to fall off. And we will get into a 2,780 years of knowledge. And in that course of that knowledge, we will discover our own true human history. They know that the social order has changed and that they know that the, uh, that the devolution is in progress, that the Biden and all of those people that put him into power are on, the, on their way out and the media fear the retribution that is coming to them. Before we get into the show, I want to share with you the Z-Stack, a powerful immunity-building vitamin pack formulated by Dr. Zelenko, the founder of the Zelenko Protocol. Many of you may have seen my interview with Dr. Zelenko explaining how the combination of quercetin and vitamin C together is a powerful zinc ionophore gun which delivers zinc, the bullet, into the cell where the virus is. Zinc blocks the virus from getting into the cell. Corsetin and vitamin C together are a safe over-the-counter alternative to hydroxychloroquine. Access to this is needed when government restricts and bans effective treatments. Also, it has been established that high normal levels of vitamin D is important for warding off sickness and staying out of the hospital. With the dangers of the COVID shot, we need a strong immune system to keep from getting sick. The danger is getting sick. That's when the effects of the bioweapon shot takes over. The Z-Stack will provide you with a defensive weapon to fight a potential virus. You can see the studies and also buy yours today at the link below or at sarahwestall.com under shop. I also highly recommend C60 gel caps, daily zeolite detox, and my probiotic greens to maintain a healthy body, all of which you can get at my shop at sarahwestall.com under shop. Now, do you think that the saline, saline solution or the, you know, the placebo was given to some of these bad guys? Because why would they kill oh, yeah. off? Because oh, yeah. they're not oh, going to yeah. kill off their own troops. Um, well, first off, the, um, the beings that are organizing it don't care. Okay, they'll kill off the psychopaths and the sociopaths sure. to get at the rest, right? They just simply don't care. Uh, not all of the bad, uh, not all of the originators of this have uh, escaped it. So we're starting to see some of the people in Australia in government show up with Bell's palsy. We're starting to see some, some of them with uh, neural twitches and neurological problems from having received real uh, clot shots, okay? Not simply placebos, but here's something that's happened. Uh, they violated the um, test integrity on Moderna and Pfizer. That is to say, they, there is no placebo control group, all right? They claim to have, a, have mixed in, or, or rather, they, they acknowledge that they've given the, the, the identified placebo control group actual material. So there is no way to have one group to compare against another to determine effectiveness or safety. All right, so that's out the, the window. So how can they possibly get the FDA to certify it? So what they're going to do is they're going to say that we, Moderna and Pfizer on our own illegally decided to, without your knowledge, because you signed up, when you take the shot, you're signing up to join an experimental uh, process, 
okay, to be a subject. That, that is explicit with that test. That's why that sheet is left completely blank because they're not telling you any of it because they can't tell you because mm -hmm. you want, here's their excuse, see? The reason that they left that sheet of instructions completely blank and didn't tell you anything about it is because they have to be sure that if you got the, the placebo, that you didn't know you got the placebo and therefore the placebo would work. And so what they're saying is instead of having Usually in a study, you'd get 100 people that you're going to give the, uh, the study to. You're going to chop them up into groups. Say, for convenience, there's two groups of 50. You're not going to tell the group of 50 that's getting the placebo that they're getting the placebo, right? And, but you'll know every one of those 50 before you give anybody anything. You will have identified them, put them into your database, gotten all the particulars, all of that kind of stuff in order that you have enough information about them to have an accurate study of them as individuals in cross comparing with this substance. What the, what the Moderna and Pfizer are going to do is to say that they've all oh, that we've thrown that out. We know who the placebo guys are and they're all fine. They're going to say to cover their ass and to try and get it effective and get it through the FDA. They're going to say that they have a secret placebo group. And that some of the injections that have been given throughout the general population are placebo, and that's fine, no worries. And that's why the thing was blank, was because that was part of the their testing procedure. So you it's think all, it's all ev you think everyone got the shot who got the shot? You don't think there's any? I mean, other than maybe some of the leaders and stuff. Do you think everyone the leaders? Okay, very top leaders that knew this shit was going down didn't take anything. They even some of them even refused to actually have a needle attached to the to the injector to the syringe. Okay, so you can see people with syringe with a syringe cap on it, no needle, and they just push the syringe cap on the arm up here and think you're not going to notice. And this was done with people in Europe and so on. So that's a small cadre. Everybody else got their shot. But here's the thing. There's been wutage, okay, sabotage. So there's people in India and yep. Germany and Indonesia and uh, Thailand and Australia and everywhere that uh, nurses that were recruited to give shots that are just put given saline. They're just not doing it. And F you and guys. And there's, and there's doctors that are just simply giving the people the, the card that they need to get to work or whatever and throwing the damn vials away. Um, and so that is going on. So it's not quite as bad, but that's not very extensive in the Western world. The places that are getting away with that are mainly in what we would think of as third world countries where the documentation and all of that kind of stuff is not quite as rigorous, right? Um, so, so I don't think it is as bad as uh, we are he hearing, and I know their numbers are skewed. They're actually saying 46% of the population of the planet has taken one form of the vax or another. Now, I know that the Chinese are going to die in huge numbers, uh, huge numbers, okay? They were vaccinating a million a day for a while, and, these, the, and they're not messing around. And here's something else about this. The uh, spike protein and the, the S2 spike protein, in my opinion, I'm not a, not a molecular biologist, but I'm not that stupid. And I'm, I've looked at this. The, the S2 protein was designed specifically to get at uh, phenotypes in the Asian community and to cause specific problems because of its interaction with the areas that they don't have a lot of, which is vitamin D3. All right. So the Asian community, by and large, is typically at the low end of uh, optimal D vitamin and, and shading into insufficiency at any given time because of cultural conditions. Uh, they took advantage of this and uh, they engineered a product that is very deadly to the 
Chinese. Now, in my opinion, when they, the pictures that came out of the trucks rolling down the cities in China, spewing out all of that, the, the stuff that they claimed was a disinfectant, in my opinion, that was aerosolized spike proteins because the death rates went massively Way up. Way high. And, well, and at the same time, we all, they also lost animals and, and they lost all animals that were exposed to it, including animals that lived underground. So, uh, so in China, as a result of the flood that they had recently, yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of, of dead animal bones were flushed out of the sewers and the ground and stuff in Wuhan and Hubei uh, province uh, by the floodwaters going through. And these animals just simply died in the ground from the aerosolized uh, spike proteins, not a disinfectant. So, uh, so I, it was a deliberate uh, approach to killing us. The people driving the trucks, I bet you they didn't know, you know, so, so the chain is, uh, we're, we're, we live in this uh, pyramidical power structure that's been imposed on us, which in my opinion is not human. Humans would not de devise they this. They wouldn't thing. hurt each other like this. Right. And we wouldn't have this kind of a power structure, right? We don't normally, if you see um, humans out in the wild, they're communalists, so to speak, right? Our power structure of this uh, pyramid top-down kind of thing is in fact exactly how um, those beings I've met in hyperspace that I call the mantids organize themselves and how they attempt to organize other other places. And they are known to colonize. I've run into people in, hi in hyperspace that were hominids and not humans, but hominids that have been battling these uh, the bugs, the mantids uh, for thousands of generations. Some of these places have been successful in repelling them. Well, maybe we will be, because you know I've heard from too many people telling me that these people, that there's something controlling us. I've also heard that there's humans on this planet that have their genetics and that they're a problem too. And I don't, I don't know. What do you think of that? Okay, so here's the thing. Um, we have Crick and Watson that came up with DNA. Okay, they discovered DNA, right? And at that time, it was decided that DNA was what described our bodies and made our bodies. Okay, so in other words, you could take a strand of DNA, and if you had the capability, you could make maybe a machine that would analyze it, you could recreate somebody's body from that strand of DNA. And this is basically bullshit. DNAs do not describe our, our bodies. We know this now because we've completely sussed them out. We've completely had the Human Genome Project uh, analyze every gene in the human DNA, right? We know them all. We've got them all uh, linked up. And what do we discover? Well, let's not look at the DNA. Let's look at the DNA in relation to other things. So the Genome Project goes through and it discovers that, hmm, we've only got 40,000 genes. That's a problem. Why is that a problem? Because some insects have 30,000. So 10,000 difference between us and an insect, plus humans, we've identified 90,000 proteins in the human body. We've identified that many. It was thought at the time of Crick and Watson that they would discover one gene for every protein. Whoops, that didn't happen. So how do the genes code those 50,000 proteins that are not covered by a gene? So DNA is not what we think of it. My opinion of DNA is different than other people. So I don't believe that, that humans have alien DNA or any of that kind of thing. 
I don't believe there's 12-strand DNA, nor is it meaningful, because DNA is not the describer of the body. It does not exist that way. So I'm a wool guy, and I, I have an explanation for how our bodies come into existence that covers all of the proteins and all of that, but it doesn't involve DNA doing that. What do you think it is? Well, let, let's continue with DNA for a second, okay? Because okay. this, this is important. DNA is part of that resonance thing that I was talking about with the space aliens. DNA is, in fact, your epigenetic programming. So we have 50,000 uh, epigenetic triggers. And epigenetic triggers are multiplicitous in what they do. So a single trigger might trigger thousands of chemical reactions in your body. And an epigenetic trigger is, can be thought of as like, uh, you know, those um, plants that will turn to the light as the sun moves around, the leaves will turn. Okay, they're responding to an epigenetic trigger. The light hits a particular point on the cell. The cell actually sort of calculates in a way the angle and it makes the whole plant move by pumping in fluids to move the plant, okay? So that's an epigen epigenetic reaction. Epigenetic reactions can be extremely complex. So dogs have epigenetic reactions. When that same sunlight hits a dog's hair, it makes vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin E, and all these other vitamins at the base of the hair and then floods the, the body with it. So, so the dog's DNA has these epigenetic triggers that cause it to react to the light. So that's what DNA is. And in my opinion, scientists, biologists, nobody will give credence to this idea. This is real woo, right? And in real woo, I say, aha, the mantids, the space aliens, are able to interact with our DNA, all right, through energetic means to cause epigenetic triggers to take over the mind. So you think that there are specific people and bloodlines that are easier to manipulate? Correct. And, and that's in, and in a sense, we're going to have to use muddied words because we're going to have to use the word genetic in order to mean because most people hearing this will think of this is going back to our thing about language. If we say the word genetic, most people will think, oh, you know, inheritance, right? And I don't think genes, I think genes are come along with inheritance, but don't control inheritance, right? So our application of the word gene to inheritance, I don't think is quite accurate. There is another mechanism for inheritance that brings along the genes, but it is not controlled by the genes. The inheritance factor is an epigenetic trigger, so it gets really murky. But yes, you're correct. There are humans that because of their makeup, because of their body makeup, are more exposed to having their DNA pulsed, if you will. So these bloodlines that think they're better than everybody else were, are really just more easily manipulated by these beings that are pretty got bad guys. Correct. They think they're better than us. They, in fact, may indeed be different. If we go back to the original creation stories that have the most ancient roots on this planet that have evidentiary support that there's something there, in other words, the creation story has knowledge that should not have existed at the time that the creation story existed, unless it, unless it was supported by that creation story. So here we have a creation story of the Nummo. The Nummo are these aquatic beings. They're able to create spaceships that are powered by a, uh, an engine that is liquid copper. And I've done some experiments with liquid copper, and I think that they actually do have something there. But anyway, so they're able to actually move through interstellar space like a star with this liquid copper engine ahead of their spaceship. 
and they're, they're aquatic beings and they have no problem being in spaceships for bazillions of years or millions of years or whatever because they live underwater. They don't have our kind of inner reaction. They don't have kind of our kind of psychology. And so as far as they're concerned, they're just underwater continuously. So traveling around doesn't bother them. Uh, if we look in ancient Egypt, we see that the, their creation stories have the, the bullheaded man with the, with the horns and the sphere that's suspended in between the two horns. That's a representation of this liquid copper engine. The Nemo came here. They, they saw this planet with nascent capabilities. They made a garden out of it. The Nemo are 98% uh, female constantly. They are either sexual, okay? They can make themselves male or female. They do so for the purpose of reproduction, like certain fish here on, and, other, and certain aquatic animals here on earth. Okay, so they created prototypical hominids out of what they found here. Um, the prototypical hominids that they created here, they made in their image. They had a situation where the, they had two of their, their creations. There were eight of them. Two of these creations fell in love with each other when they were both male, okay? And this is where we get the prohibition against homosexuality and all of that, right? These two beings fell in love with each other when they were both male, and they converted in order, one of them converted in order to have a child, and they had a progeny. This child was mentally ill. This being was mentally ill. When it reached a certain stage of its life, it took, it stole one of the Nemo's spaceships that was here on Earth, not knowing how to operate it, it flew it up into the atmosphere and it came back and it crashed on earth and created a great catastrophe that poll completely polluted the earth. The Nemo and the remaining and the eight uh, of their creations had to leave uh, because the planet had been polluted. The Nemo were moral enough to wait for the pollution to come down while they were away, time is immaterial, we don't know how long this took, and then they came back to clean up the mess because they had caused this karmic mess. And in that cleaning up, they flooded the earth with a chemical that destroyed the, the damage that they had caused. And they set about rebuilding the planet. They rebuilt the planet from the captured images of what we call our genetics, okay? They, they created the captured images of our body templates and they recreated all the animals again. This is where we get the, the Noah story in Gilgamesh okay. and, uh, and the ark. And their ark was, as is described in the, in the Bible, their ark, or in the source books for, the, for this, the ark of Gilgamesh and the ark of um, uh, Manu in India, it's the same story as Noah, was described as a one foot by one foot, or a cubit by a cubit by a cubit black cube. And it was where all the information, all the information about how to build our bodies was stored. And then they recreated uh, life here. And then they set about undoing the damage that they had done. In so doing, they thought they had um, corrected the issues. And so they decided that hominids were not able to be either sexual. And so they assigned us bodies for our lives that are only one sex. So we are not like those who created us. They created a group in their own image, all right? Now, here's where it gets really a little wonky. The bloodline people think that they're related to that being that stole the spaceship, went up and came down and crashed. They think that they're related to the two, be two beings 
that were both male that created that being. And so they think that they're related to an amphibian or a reptile, right? This is why the whole, you know, yet another reptile cult with these people, okay? They're into snakes and all of this kind of stuff. And they think there's an affinity between their vibratory state and the vibratory state of these beings. They are not wrong that there is that affinity down to a small amount because, because when the Numo came back, all eight of those beings came back and have created us, right? Now, it gets a little bit stranger than that. The Numo were here in, in history, way back in history. Lots of history passes and other beings come here. There are proto-humans here. There are humans here at that time. Some of those humans include humans with our DNA. I hate to use that, but our template of modern Homo sapiens sapiens. At that time that these other beings come here, they land and they start fucking with us, changing us. When those other beings come here, we, they tell us that their name is Eloha. Many of them are Elohim. And they set up 15 centers around the planet to craft the slaves that they needed. And we are the remnants of those slaves. At some point in our history, we had a planetary rebellion against the Elohim. And we may have driven them into Antarctica. I'm not sure that it's an Elohim that's in Antarctica. That's a different issue, right? There's much uncertainty there. But the Elohim were defeated and thrown off. And this is the story of the Tower of Babel that was told to us by the reptilian uh, cultists. So they, they, because they were reptilian affini affiliated, they think, you know, because they think they have DNA from these reptiles, they think they have the right to be in charge. Thus, the divine right of kings that we inherit. They've been the ones that have been describing the history to us. And so they put on us this idea that the Tower of Babel was for us, that period of time, was for us to try and emulate the gods. It was not that. It was we used their weapons against the Elohim. We learned how to use their weapons and turned against them. And, and um, uh, we led a rebellion. And I say we, and this is where it's going to get really freaky, okay? But, but because we're going to have to be factual and adult, even in the woo world, I'll state it this way, even at, at risk of offense. We were the white people, okay? The Elohim really screwed up. And there, there are records in Olmec, um, descript, or Olmec drawings, they don't do drawings, sort of bas reliefs, and, and um, inscriptions. And these people predated the Mesoamericans that we call the Aztecs and the Incas and, uh, and the Mayans. And the Olmecs were one of the centers here in North America for the creation of humans. And there are records, if you look at it right, within these spheres and everything else that the Olmecs left us, that say that, uh-oh, basically, the people in the, the creation center in Europe screwed up and created some really nasty humans, and we've got real problems. And those really nasty humans were the white guys, and we set about at that time organizing the rest of the slaves, and we took over this planet. And then everything went to hell because the power structure was gone, and we didn't know what to do and so on. And so we were at that point a species without a history and without a framework of our own understanding of who we are and where we came from and what we are and what the universe is. 
And so, of course, everything has been really wonky ever since. But then, but then these mantids realized that and started manipulating them and controlling their minds. I mean, here's the thing: the mantids are perhaps uh, ancient, the ancient beings. Maybe they were the original beings. So the, the mantids predate the Elohim. They predate the Nummo. The Nummo and the mantids and the Nummo and the Elohim are not compatible. Okay, they all have their own agendas. And so the mantids may have come here after we kicked out the Elohim because we kicked out the Elohim. They may have been here while the El Elohim were here and were battling, and they may have tricked the Elohim into creating white guys just so that we would kick them out. The, the mantids are quite capable because of the way that they learn things. They are quite capable of having a 2000 or 3000 year plan. And so a mantid 2000 years ago might have planned everything that's happening today in a broad sense and have set about creating things 2000 years ago to create things to occur this way now. That would not surprise me one bit. Well, the other thing is, I'm going to get back to this vaccine just a little bit. If the vaccine is going to, because in the animal trials, the mRNA vaccines killed all the animals. I don't know what would make humans different. That's going to take down our government power structure in and of itself. It's going to take, I mean, if they're, if it's going to kill a lot of our politicians, it's going to kill a lot of our doctors and lawyers and people who work at, you know, power plants and schools and universities. I mean, it's going to, it's going to dismantle the system. That's part of the devolution, right? Now this, I don't know that, okay, so the, the self-organizing collective that includes some military people here in the United States and also military people around in other countries around the planet, that self-organizing collective, which I know to be um, active since the 90s, knew that there was going to be a bioweapon launch, okay? And they were, they had done a lot of stuff to derail those plans. But I don't think, or, or I have no way of knowing how deep in the woo these people are. So they may just see the bioweapon as being running back to the CCP and stopping there, or going back beyond the CCP to Fauci and stopping there, and then going all the way back to Tavistock back in the 1920s and the examination of schizophrenia in the Royals. I don't think they see that, right? There might be a couple of people in there, but I bet you that they're not telling the other military people about this real woo stuff. The military mind, you know, this is, okay, so I'm a military brat. I spent 17 years actively in the military, living, you know, in it as a result of being a military brat. And I'm not very compatible with military. I love the military guys. <laughs> really? <laughs> you are so different than what the military mind would be, but Correct. keep going. Correct. Yeah. But, but to a certain extent, I inculcate that culture, right? Sure, I'm a martial artist, all of this kind of thing, but I'm a woo guy. And so I'm just, I have authority issues, right? Because I'm a woo guy, not because I was a military brat, not because I saw all of the stupidity, but that sure reinforced it. So, so our military, I don't think is capable of handling all of this. And I think it would be very difficult for many of our military to understand that at some point we may actually have to take physical kinetic weapons and go up against space aliens. They're going to look so weird that you know, your mind is going to have a hard time grasping what you're doing. And, and we may indeed get to that stage. Uh, but we're a long way from that, I think. Uh, we, we've got many years of this. Bear in mind that the last major upheaval 
that the uh, these aliens engineered was the uh, period of time from uh, 1904 that ran through 1947. And the, the key pivotal event in that was not the rise of Germany or the Weimar Republic. It was what they did to cause the creation of the Soviet Union uh, and the shift, okay, from the czar over there. And they're trying exactly that same playbook right now, and it is failing here in the United States. And they, this was going to be their coup de grace. They're essentially creating what they did in China and what they created in um, for the Soviet Union. They're trying to do that here in the United States. Right. And that is a mirror. Okay. So this is why I know, or this is why I suspect that we're dealing with a mantid down in Antarctica because my interaction with the mantids. All right. So when you get into hyperspace, you get there through massive psychedelics. It is possible if you have a bent mind, if you're schizophrenic or whatever, to control this experience to a great degree. And I had the skill and I was able to recognize mostly after the fact, that certain things that occurred and then analyze it. And one of the th things that occurs is that when you're interacting with the mantids, they do not have the ability to screen their thoughts. And this really upsets them as much as they can get upset. They're really strangely emotionally like wood. I mean, that's why I think of them as fibrous. There's just not much motion there. And, and placid satisfaction would be great joy to us, right? And so they are, are disturbed. They're not really worried or whatever, but they are, are a little bit freaked out by us because in my interaction with them, I discovered that they bleed out stuff when they're trying to push on you. If, if one were to take an Aikido approach and let them push, but then reach around and, and look at what's pushing on you, you can suck out information out of them. And so the mantids are organized the same way the communists organize tried to organize Russia, tried to organize any other communist country they've ever gone to. This top-down pyramid structure is identical to how the mantids work, and that is built into them by their reproductive system, because the mantids are truly insects. And here's the weird part of this. My initial interaction with the mantid, there was a very old mantid, and his mind was extremely powerful, and he, uh, he had, was running a hyperspace laboratory, and he pushed me out of that laboratory with his mind. And I was, I was young, I was fit, I was very angry. So I went right back there and, and blasted him right back. As soon as I felt it, I figured, oh, I could do that. And I so I pushed energy right back at him. And, and it nonplussed him. He was like, well, he didn't expect that. And then he did everything he could to get me out of there. He couldn't get me out of there. And then in a short period of time, time is not meaningful there, he collapsed the laboratory, and I was back into the general hyperspace. But um, it showed me many things about how the mantids work. And in that experience, I discovered by, by sucking information out of them, how they organized. And here's their thing. This old mantid was expecting a new boss. All right, that new boss was gonna show up and I had no time frame or anything and was gonna tell him what to do. That new boss was newly hatched. That new boss knew everything that this guy knew and tons of other stuff that this guy could never learn because mantids only can really learn effectively when they're in, the, in the, this like pupae stage when they're being fed all these chemicals. And that creates knowledge in these beings. And when they hatch out of that egg, they know basically everything they're ever gonna know throughout this entirely long, long, long life. They do learn, but How it is- horrible not, is that? But keep yeah, going. Correct, correct. And so they do learn, but it is not the way we learn. And it is, it is, 
agonizing for them to actually absorb new knowledge. And basically what they have to do is to see that there's new knowledge coming up and then go create new chemical batches that hopefully will encapsulate that and capture the ability to think in this new knowledge and then put it into these eggs and hope that those mantids that come out of there can be effective. Oh, that's, that's interesting because insects are programmed from birth to know everything. I mean, they just know stuff. So they're like a colony of bees almost where they have a queen bee and it's like a pyramid no, structure no, down from that, or is it? Pyramid structure of the newly hatched. The queen is simply a brood, is, is just a, a, a machine for producing eggs and does not organize or control anything. It is a servant of the collective, okay? Their collective is a very much a power structure. And the newly hatched one that, that hatches out can't even flail around, but can broadcast with its mind that I'm in charge, everybody do everything, and they will do it. Wow. Okay, so it's just a very different, it, it, it's like a hive mind, but pyramid down, hierarchy hive mind. Correct, correct. And, and you know your, and so... So here's one of their, this one of their like social sayings about humans. There will come a time when every human will know his place and every human will be happy. Well, that's what they said with the Great Reset. You will own nothing and you will be happy. And this, and so that's why I know there's a mantid behind it, right? Because the mantids are distressed by our emotions. They are upset that we have them. Our emotions broadcast out a psychic veil around this an emotional outpouring from this planet that disturbs the mantids. And they want us to not have these emotions. They are of the opinion that we have these discordant emotions and have these discordant lives because of a flaw in us. And they are set about correcting that flaw. And one of the ways that they're going to correct that flaw is to give us their structure. They don't really, insofar as I was able to determine, have a, a profit motive for colonizing us. It's more like we're sort of an irritant and this is the way that they figured out how to deal with it. Wow. They're very, okay. they're, they're extremely psychic. Okay, and once I discovered this, I went back, I took a lot of psychedelics and I went, and I went back there repeatedly because I learned how to do that, right? And uh, so I would go back to this hyperspace and I could wander around and eventually find my way back there. And I, I interacted with the mantids a couple of times. They were not particularly interesting once I sussed out what they were. And the hominids were ever so much more fascinating. And I learned so much more from them. But the, the insects are mm, psychically sensitive to the point where their physical bodies, wherever they may be in universe, are able to perceive. Well, it's like in the, the Star Wars movie where they say there's been a great disturbance in the force. Mm -hmm. Okay. To, to the mantids, that's the way they are. And so that so the thing that causes them such great distress is their sensitivity to uh, key force, energy uh, applied to matter backed by emotion. All right. And so that is what is their driving thing, but that's also their core of their being. And that's why they can also manipulate us because they're so sensitive to that. They can just get in and, and weave our little strands any way they want. And so this is why you get the, the very many reports through history of, of interactions with these beings um, as, uh, as you're incapable of doing anything. Basically, you recognize you're an automaton and you walk when they tell you to walk and you don't know who's telling you to walk and you walk and, and we hear reports of this from, you know, uh, 12th century Germans that were abducted in the middle of the night and went and told the priest and he wrote it down. We see it in the in France, there's a lot of abductions in the 12th century. And 
these abductions, in my opinion, are, are organized by the mantids. The mantids have control over the lizards and the what we call the greys. Because the mantids are insects, they are mentally manipulative. They have digits and hands, but they don't have the hands to do technology, um, that kind of thing. And so they use other beings that they have created with their mind, being able to manipulate energetic responses in physical matter. They, they tune, so to speak, the developing embryo of a lizard to create a lizard being that is under their control. Sort of makes sense? Yeah, well, it, it does, because every, you know, when you start thinking about things being frequency and things, it's, it's, it's out there, <laughs> but no, it is so, actually, it, woo, yeah, but, it's, but it's it, out there, but if you go all the way up to yep. this level, you can even yep. throw away everything I've told you about all these space aliens and all this stuff still makes sense from the pyramid structure down, right? Because we can observe that and we observe the pyramid structure collapsing now and we observe the mind control coming off of the media as they are suddenly scared for their lives because the framework that had kept them safe that said, you have, we have no fear for you lying for us. You should have no fear for lying for us because we protect you. Well, that's gone. And so they're now starting to scramble to cover their ass. And now all of this stuff is coming up, right? And so the mind control is breaking down. Well, and that it's definitely something's not, is something odd and something weird. And all these little pieces that I'm seeing are, are there is some kind of something manipulating these people mentally. And so it, maybe it's this stuff. And so, and all the pieces, I've heard different things from people that, fit into a lot of what you're saying. And I guess that's where we're going to learn what's really going on. I do have a couple questions, though. When I look at, go ahead. Uh, we need to state, though, that bear in mind what I said earlier, okay? In the woo, we have discovery, evidence, and then we have conclusions. So I've been giving you a lot of conclusions, right? So we have to understand that a lot of my thinking will have to be shed. Those conclusions will have to be thrown away as we get new discoveries. Right. So okay. maybe it's the and, down and yeah. whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Well, and that's fair. It's, it's because you don't know you're going with what you think based on what you've seen, but maybe I'll learn something else that'll change it. But, you know, sure. I've heard Klaus Schwab was saying that, that most of the West will be killed off, but they want to keep a lot of the Asians, the Chinese, because they're already trained to follow and to listen to rules. This isn't his flip and reset book. And the, um, but they need to get rid of those Karl, of us that Yeah, look at Karl Marx. Okay, yes. so, so Karl Marx was a Jewish guy. He was third in a chain of command in the creation of um, communism, writing the Communist Manifesto. And he was, uh, the other two guys were Jewish too, I think. It's immaterial that they're Jewish, right? Other than their frequency may have been able to be manipulated, all right? But they were paid by the Fabian Society to write all this stuff. And Karl Marx, he was a hateful individual, just terribly, terrible individual, really twisted in his own uh, deviant sexuality and abusive. And, and this individual in his communist manifesto and in his other writings indicated that the Serbs had to go, the Poles had to go, part of the Lithuanian population had to go. There were about 60 different groups of Chinese that had to go. Most of the whites had to go because we were incapable of, of resonating and coming up to the grade of the communist revolution and basically being adaptable to the top-down power control pyramid structure that we always see with communism. And so even back when in the 1840s, they were identifying racial groups that had to go. 
So eugenics, right? And so, all right, no, so you can see xenophobia. You could see two human tribes and you could see these tribes having problems with each other, competing for resources and having warfare. But do the tribes themselves, as we see, there's no evidence that there was ever a genocide here in, in North America, one Native American tribe against another. There were lots of slavery things, cross connections, fights, wars, and all of that, but never was there a genocide. There was never a genocide down in the empires of the Inca or the Mesoamericans or the Maya. They killed lots of people. They had many wars and stuff, but it was territorial. It was resources and so on. It was not an attempt to eliminate a phenotype of humans. This elimination of phenotypical humans is, in my opinion, only something that can come from the outside. You don't see the Chihuahuas saying, you got to get rid of those fucking Great Danes. Yeah, I don't think humans would do that to other humans naturally. I keep saying this is not a natural human humanity type thing. It, it maybe is a psychopath thing, but not anybody who's healthy human. Correct. It's it just it's incredible. So this this vaccine though um, is is a method for doing that. But if they're going after the Chinese, you know, it's a, like you were saying, then it doesn't I fit that Klaus Schwab. Um, oh, no, no, it certainly does. Okay, certainly tell me why. Because Klaus Schwab thinks that they only need 500 million slaves. And there's <laughs> it's seven, so bad. Seven, it's and so bad. Right. There's, there's too many of them. They got to kill them off and Correct. they'll kill off these guys. So everybody's being killed off except people like us who said, screw you. We're not, we've learned too much. We're not going to, we don't buy into your BS. What are they doing? You know, if they've been planning for 2000 years, didn't they kind of know that there's going to be people like us who are going to say, well, F you. Okay. So here's, here's the thing. Um, it, it does not occur. Uh, all right. Probably not. If we're dealing with a mantid, a mantid would never think of the idea of an insurrection, rebellion, any of that. Okay, because it doesn't exist in their social order. It's not in their minds. It's never been fed into them via chemicals. There's never been a mantid uh, uh, political re revolution in any way, shape, or form because of the way they all think alike. All right, they're not into. They're not a group mind. They are individual thinkers, but that individuality is 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 subsumed by this common vibration, so to speak. Yep. So they they've never had that. They have in their in their um, physical history. Every so often, they have a, a what we would think of as an inheritance purge, where there's mutants that arise from radiation and so on, and the and the, all the non-mutant mantids will smell the mutant mantids, and it's, at some point, the mutant mantids get to the point where there's enough of them, and that smell permeates the mantid social order, and there's a great killing, and the non-mutants kill the mutants, and thereafter, or the mutants kill all the non-mutants, and thereafter, that's the dominant strain. And that's where they go forward. But this is not a genocide the way we think of it, right? Not an elimination of a specific phenotype. So, so that's what we're facing here. So yes, they will kill lots of people with the vaccine. The, uh, it did not occur to the mantid, would not occur that there would be people like us that would say, to hell with that. And, and they would just simply not see that. It would, it, they would deal with it in the aftermath of that. That's how they've always dealt with it. So I had talked to hominids that had effectively kicked the mantids out of their um, planetary systems. And the one hominid that I had a great deal of 
discussion with about it, who taught me a lot of stuff. We exchanged uh, things, information, uh, tells me that the battles were fierce and long, and they actually had mantids living in their solar system. And so they had to deal with them that way physically as well. Um, but that the mantids have a sort of like they have a broom in their mind and they sweep up dirt, but their broom has holes in it and it leaves dirt and they only see that dirt after the fact. And then they have to go try and build a new broom that wouldn't have those holes. So they have this weird kind of approach to dealing with problems and obstacles. And the thing that makes them so, so terrible to deal with is that the mantids can decide to increase their population. They could double their population in probably two days if they decided to. Okay. Oh, wow. So they, they, so they're, they have a pretty difficult, but we think differently. We have a strategic advantage because of how we think, but they have other strategic advantages. So right. we are a strategic advantage, the fact that we don't think like them. And that's why they think that we're a herd animal. And so that's why the trying, and, and we are in a lot of ways, the people who are doing things are like sheep. They're trying to keep them like that. And, but those methods don't work for everybody. You know, we're like, nope. I don't, if, in fact, I don't want to do it if all the sheep are doing it, but you know, I'm like, I might think differently just because I don't want to be like, so there's some people like that, then they don't know what to do with people like that. Right. There's a different, there's also another compounding effect going on here. And that is that there's different energies in reality. And so the, they were harmonious, the mantids, the control of humans was harmonious in the age of the ram and the age of Pisces. In the age of Ram, the, that is the coming together of the, of the groups, the formation of the religions, empires, and so on. And then in the age of Pisces, it was the control, everybody's schooling together. That was very compatible with top-down organization. But in the age of decentralized knowledge, which is Aquarius, that energy, that energy alone disrupts their plan. That was why the mantids or whoever was pushing so hard to get all this stuff done before we slipped into the age of Aquarius. Now, I'm of the opinion, okay, so if you go back and you look, let's drop down many, many, many layers to the globalists, okay, forget all the space aliens for a moment, we just go to the globalists. They had all of this stuff planned to kick off in 2050. They were going to have their, their bioweapon release. They're going to have their lockdown for five years. They're going to kill 470 million of us. They were going to bring out a mandated vaccine in, four, in 2055. And then they were going to kill down to only 500 million on the planet. Okay. And so they were going to pop that off in 2050. And I have been wondering and wondering and wondering and wondering why uh, and researching for a long time why they moved it forward. And I was of the opinion for a long time, oh, geez, there's giant space rock or something coming to, to really disrupt their plans, right? And it is exactly that sort of thing, but it's not a rock. I'm of the opinion now, it is my conclusion that the reason they moved it forward is because the mantids had become aware that we actually slipped into the age of Aquarius this December. And they became- They were told, yeah. No, 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 the mantids, okay, no, the so- Mantids told the globalists is what I'm saying, that you need to move your dates forward because, you know- and they just, okay, so the mantids will tell you by a resonance, something like move the date forward. They do not have to put in your mind any reason for that. Your mind will just pick out something to go with that now firm commitment emotion that's been put into you. That's how they work. They don't put thoughts into your mind. They let your mind come up with your, the own, or your own supporting thought. So they would say to, they would push on Karl Marx and 
and too many humans, too many humans. And so Karl Marx says, ah, the Serbs, you know, they're too dumb to survive communism. And so we got to get rid of them. And so he brings up all of this shit. So, so they wanted the genocide, uh, but they don't have to supply any reason for it. They just have to supply the emotion that makes that human go out and do it. And the human's mind will click in with that. Well, that's so why the psychopaths are more easy to manipulate, because if you're not a psychopath, you're not going to, I don't want to kill everybody. Yeah. And the sociopaths go along with the psychopaths because they have that want to belong, need to have that same resonance kind of thing going with them. So they're easily, easily led. So this is the weirdness. Yeah. So the mantids don't resonate the, the love frequency, which is supposed to be the strongest, highest frequency. They don't have that. Uh, okay. Okay. So that is a human conclusion. In the woo, no frequency is stronger or no frequency is above or below any other. All right. There's various levels of energy and you can say that love is the highest frequency and so on, but that's a human conclusion. But it's very strong. It's the strongest that we've been able well, to measure, but maybe it's just because we feel it so much stronger. Exactly. 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 We okay. have, okay. We have love. All right. The mantids don't. They don't have care. They don't have anything. They hatch out. That's just like um, uh, the, you know, I got sued by Corey Good, okay? Uh, and I got out of it. I got my suit dismissed. Uh, I did it pro se. I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, but here's the thing. I got sued because basically it all came down to me um, dissing on this idea of these blue avian beings that were going to come and, and uh, be an external saver to humanity that Corey Good was popping off about. One of the things I said about the blue avians is, look, I've got chickens. Any being that hatches imprints. They don't know love. They don't know compassion. They have none of these emotions. And that no avian has an advanced vagus nervous system. Now, this vagus nervous system information I, I know is has been I've known this since the 90s, and it is just now coming out and being discovered by science. I know this since the 90s, because in the 70s, I took all those psychedelic trips and talked to this uh, hominid that was very advanced in uh, Vegas, nervous information. I did him a favor by telling him this idea about discardable surfaces, because their environment was encountering dust for the first time ever in, in different kinds of changes on their planet. And they'd never come up with the idea of paint or of a disc or a sacrificial surface. And after a long period of time, I got that idea across to him. He paid me back by describing and telling me things that led to me inventing the emotional reduction engine and doing all that programming that led to the ALTA reports. I got that from information he gave to me about the vagus nervous system and how that works with the ninth and 10th nerves in your, in your cranium to manage your desire mind and your feeling mind and your emotions. So. We're at, I mean, I, I, okay. This so, is so cool. This is just fun to listen to. Keep going. Okay. So anyway, though, so, well, I'm starting to get off track here because, uh, you know, we actually need to get back to the real stuff that's going on here. But We do. Um, it's very serious. It's very serious what we're dealing with, but keep going. But all of this is actually, well, basically it's all a, we can say that love or good is the highest emotion, right? But we're not going to find those emotions in other beings in reality that may have, in our way of thinking, very moral uh, lives. So there are insects that are not like the mantids. And these insects don't screw around with people and stuff and are very moral insect beings. And mostly they're not out about screwing around with people. And it is because of the way that they vibrate. And so 
the fact that they can't pick it up, the mantids and the uh, any avian being, any being that is hatched, right? Because they don't have, reptiles, by the way, have very rudimentary uh, vagus nervous systems. We have the most advanced vagus nervous system on this planet, except for those found in dolphins. They're slightly more advanced than us. Okay, these, these vagus nervous systems are different from the vagus nervous system in reptiles, which includes uh, all birds. And, they're, and the, the mantids, no insect has a vagus nervous system at all. They vibrate in a different manner, which I don't know about how that has occurred. But they vibrate us through our vagus nervous system, which causes chemical things to occur. Your vagus nervous system can take serotonin from your gut and put it in your brain. It's that powerful. So it can move hormones and chemicals around your body. So all they have to do is manipulate that and your mind has changed, right? And they don't feel that vibration at all. And we do. So they have a lack in reality. And we are much more rich in our reality than they do. And this, this hominid I talked to said that basically that's the way it is with hominids. That, that if you encounter another hominid, unless they're under the control of the, of the mantids, they're, they're probably basically okay guys in this whole class of beings with vagus nervous systems. And the, the vagus nervous system that we have differentiates from the reptiles and everybody else because it has fat on it, a layer of fat that shields it. Okay, so the reptiles are extremely easy to manipulate from the mantids viewpoint because there's no fat shielding over the, the uh, my, it's called mylean. It's around the nerves. And so they get right at the nerves and cause things to happen. If they've got to go through, if they've got mentally to go through that fat, it causes them problems. So this is real woo. But if you have a vegetarian diet and you have seed oils, you don't have real fats in your body. Your nerves are no longer having fats replace the shielding, the sheathing around them. The seed oils don't replace those. And you get all kinds of problems. You get itchy skin, you get cracked sinuses. Uh, so vegetarianism and veganism is part of the mantid's plan because it reduces that fat layer and makes you more controllable because you're always in this heightened, irritated state that they find easier to push on. Because you don't have that fat layer around your, your um, nervous system. And so this is, this is deep woo, right? But I only eat real fats. Uh, you know, um, uh, uh, ghee, uh, you know, uh, uh, clarified butter, I cook in real fats, I never touch seed oils. Uh, obviously, I'm different from a lot of people. And I think in some ways, perhaps safer and so on, right. And so truly, these things matter at this weird level. And so we get and so this is all connected all through reality. And so this is why we get various religious prohibitions on diet. Yeah, it's yep. either put in there by the mantids, or other people recognizing that the mantids are doing things, put in a prohibition against something that the mantids want done. So if I were going to have a religion, I would have a religion that says no seed oils, no veganism, right? No more than 10% of your diet from carbs, this kind of thing. And, and do we find any such societies throughout history? Well, we do. And we find them in, in the Mongols, okay? Not the samurai who were, samurai were great. Samurai means to serve, okay? The Mongol, the, the, what we think of as that word, the two phenomes, Mongol, in their, in their language does not mean the people as in most things. It means to own because these were herders, okay? And the Mongols were superior warriors. 
And we think of the Mongols, we think of Genghis Khan, which was the, the height of the Mongols. They conquered probably a quarter of the civilized world. They killed maybe a tenth of the civilized world. And there was just this horrible, horrible killing binge that, that uh, Genghis Khan went on with the Mongols. And it continued after his death as his sons took it up. And they ravaged the uh, Muslim world. And it was their goal to kill the, not the Muslims, but, but the infiltrators. They were after the space aliens that they thought were controlling, the demons that they thought had taken uh, refuge in the Muslim world. So they were they trying were to get rid of the mantis? They were trying sure. to get rid of what they thought and the best they could. Correct. Hmm. And we see these same kind of things in, in history in North America. We see history in the Salish peoples. We see history throughout all of the native peoples of their interactions with what they describe as inimical sky beings. Okay. Uh, angry sky beings and this kind of thing who controlled the giants and who did all these nasty things to them. And they would hide from them and appear in the Salish country. They, you know, they, they, there's little like nursery rhyme kind of things, not nursery, but little rhyming kind of discussions that in the past would tell you how to go and hide from when you saw the, the beings flying around. And so, you know, this is really ancient, this, this battle that's going on now. And it goes to all of this stuff that's hidden from us. And all of the people that are, are listening to this, they're going to have a real hard time with this if they're sort of in Normyland, still stuck within that old framework of academia, academia, and that structured history that Fomenko and all these other people are now disassembling because it has been fake. Well, it's just, it's over the top. It's just everything. I, all I know that I've seen is that what they've been telling us is not true. There's Correct. way too much information. Now, when you look at the Chinese and the globalists, I always thought they were, because they've used the United States as a tool, the globalist has for years, maybe with, with some other beings manipulating them. But now I always thought that they were using the Chinese, they were going to replace us with the Chinese to be their tool. Um, Correct. But, but, but here's the problem. But there's some issues there's now with, the, go ahead, with the Chinese and the globalists. Go ahead. Okay, so there's, a, there's many issues for the globalists with the Chinese. We say Chinese, but uh, there's like 140 phenotypes, 140 phenotypes of humans that live in what we call China, and we would call all of those people Chinese. And we don't go to the trouble of saying an African Chinese or, you know, um, so we don't differentiate that way. We are, we're looking at them in this big, broad brush. And so well, that's the CCP. Right, it's not the Chinese, it's the Co Chinese Communist Party. Okay, now here's the thing about the Chinese Communist Party. That Chinese Communist Party, the last time I did an assay of, of going through and looking through the uh, names and stuff that I was able to see, uh, is about 80% Han Chinese, all right? So there is a racial group that has always been the emperors, that's the Han. They, they have been numerous, but not dominating numerous, right? And so there's, with all these other groups, 140 plus groups of other uh, phenotypes, other races within Chinese culture, the Han have to do divide and conquer. And the Han are the CCP. So the CCP and the globalists are doing deals, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're bringing along all of those other 140. Look what they're doing with the Wegars. Look at what, and they're oh, not yeah. doing- No, look, it's not the Chinese people for sure. Right. And the Wegars are not, not um, they're, they're very distant, uh, um, 
ethnically from the Han. Okay, and so the Han are doing this to a number of other groups uh, in this particular model, and they're basically genociding them. They're getting rid of the, uh, these groups that are not going to be easy slaves. And this is where we're at right now. And the goal, though, is white genocide. They want to kill all the white people, and uh, they're going to do that because we're not good slaves. We don't we don't um, take the manipulation that long, and we won't do the, the manipulation the way that they want. So we're at that stage now where uh, if they uh, are able to do a white genocide, then all the other races on the planet are doomed. And I, you know, this is why I say it's kind of ugly, right? Because I'm not saying black people and, and Asian people and brown people and you know Filipinos and stuff are not valuable or anything. I'm just saying that for this moment in time, it is pivotal to recognize that the assault on the whites through CRT, through all of this stuff, is specifically guided with the idea of a white genocide to be created over these next 50 years, such that they don't have to deal with us past this particular time. And it is my opinion that the, the overriding force, whether we want to call it mantids or the globalists or whatever, came to the realization that, oh my God, the, the actual entry into the uh, age of Aquarius has occurred, and we thought it was coming in 2050. And that's what's moved them, okay? Not a big, you know, Apophis is coming back in 2029 and 2041, and it may hit us in 2041, but that they don't think it's going to hit us. Obama and his crew obviously don't really worry about global warming, buying, you no. know, waterfront properties, all that's of that kind BS. of stuff. Right, so all of that is BS. So the reason to get, to get rid of the white people um, is is because we have within us this this um, I guess inability to accept slavery, and we will truly die rather than be slaves, and and that is a catching disease. That is wild, outrageous thought to the powers that be. They don't want the other. Hasn't there been a lot of white people in history that have been slaves, though? Or no? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. All the time. All the time. Okay. And, and it inevitably, inevitably short circuits that whole slavery process and kills that whole society. So uh, they would take, for instance, the uh, Swedes would go in and steal Irish and Scottish women. And within one generation, they were, you know, uh, those Swedish men were sailing back over to take their grandkids to see the other grandparents. Basically, because oh, the, the women would their genetics, it just would screw everything up. Right. They just take it over. Right. Now you make you make uh, male slaves out of white people. And they did this in Rome and Rome uh, lasted maybe an effective hundred years after that. And prior to that, they had the whole thing had been slaves from Africa, Nubians and Egyptians. Right. And the Egyptians that they were that the people that they called Egyptians that they were slaving were the it's like I think it's called thought and it's a they're basically um uh sub-saharan uh egyptians okay now this is not to say that other people have not enslaved whites and so here you had rome you had romans enslaving other white people right and that gets to be a problem because you know they can pass you know it's not easy to tell and and in in the swedes the swedes would actually there was initially i think it was like um uh, somebody the fork beard. I think it was Eric the fork beard. I don't know his first name. He was famous for having his beard uh, uh, braided out in a fork. And he had the prohibition that you could only take back women that had red hair. Because this way you could always, always tell the <laughs> You truth. could tell who was the one that, 
But now why would Klaus Schwab and Soros and all these idiots want to be part of killing off the white people when their kids are white and they're white? No, they're not. They're, they're privileged and protected. So they're not whitey. They're not white trash. You know, oh, okay. Okay, so look at, you ahead. have to look at it from their perspective of where the white lowly, they want to get rid of the white peasants, not the white elite. Correct. Correct. And, and look at how okay. every racial group always does this to every other racial group. And even within their own racial group, there's prejudice, you know, in, in China, dark skinned Chinese are, uh, get a, sure. they get a different level of prejudice against them. Right. And all of this kind of thing. Now, there's weird reasons to suspect that there are color differentiations in the overarching uh, space aliens. Okay, so it is um, known or suspected mm. that the Elohim were pale. All right, pale is even more pale than than regular white guys today, and so whiteness was therefore held up in that sense as being uh, the top of the power pyramid, and and the mantids are are pale. They're sort of a yellowish pale, but uh, they're pale. And so, uh, so we get these things that are, you know, basically the remnants of cargo cults. Space aliens come down to the ignorant population, and you emulate them. Here's a typical example of this. The Nomo are an aquatic people. They don't have legs. They have like uh, flipper kind of things. They have technology that allow them like, um, they can breathe air, uh, but they prefer to be taking their air, out, their oxygen out of the water. Uh, they, they have sort of like wetsuit kind of things that go over them to provide them with water. But how do they navigate on land? Because they're sort of fish-shaped. We have images of them all through the Middle East, all throughout the, all of the petroglyphs, all around the planet. Truly, all around the planet, north and south, you find images of the Nemo. It is the most replicated image on this planet is the Nemo of these fish beings. And there are various different degrees of it. Well, in the African stories from the Mali, there was this period of time when the Namo came ashore to instruct the Mali in science and stuff. And they told the people there, don't emulate us. We don't, we're not gods and so on. They told them this explicitly. Nonetheless, the people there started trying to emulate these beings, the Namo. One of the things the Namo did was they had these devices that allowed them to move on land. These devices were basically what we would think of as like um, jet packs, only they, they just emitted a, a forced air kind of a thing that suspended the Nomo a few inches off the ground and they could direct them like a Segway, right? So they could lean and move and stuff. And, and so they floated, right? And so that brings up all kinds of issues in, in our language as well, all of those images that just have drifted down over the ages. But here's the thing about this. The Nomo found the Mali people crafting shoes out of lead to wear in emulation of the Nomo. And the Nomo had to go to some great difficulties to tell the, the people that, no, you guys don't have to. You're, you're adapted to this. And in fact, if you wear lead shoes, you're going to injure yourself because you're no longer going to have contact with the earth, right? But we are not of this planet. And obviously, we can't walk. Therefore, we need these things. Don't emulate this. So this is the cargo cult mentality of humans uh, that, and our mentition that we have to deal with. And the problem, I think, is because we don't have real human history. Well, so and the, it sounds like the Nemo were quite ethical, moral in their... Oh, yeah. Oh, incredibly so. Because yeah. these, these are karmic beings. It is, it is my 
Um, if we want to go real woo, I mean, you know, okay, so here's another one of those C60 moments, Sarah. Okay, you remember that that time, right? Uh, when we had that discussion and, and we brought up something that altered the planet. It did. Okay. It sold out the whole industry and C60 became a thing. It, the tipping point happened. Right. And it was just because of our vibrations between the two of us talking about this. So let, let me give you my ultimate woo at this stage. I may get a more ultimate woo later on, but this is my ultimate woo. Um, it is known by people in the woo that human beings are a triune uh, being. We have three minds. Okay. And we actually have seven minds. We have body mind, we have a feeling mind, and we have desire mind in this body. But we're too large to shove into this body. So out of our seven minds, four of them are not in this body. We have reason and rationality. Many people seem to lose touch to that. And we have knowing and thinking. Okay. Uh, knowing is what we would call intuition, where you just know. Okay. And thinking is actually done outside of our body. We don't think in our brains which is obvious. <laughs> anyway, though, so um, it is my conclusion, and so it can be thrown away, but it is my conclusion to take from the woo that we are the Nemo. Really? The Nemo, the Nemo had a very interesting physiognomy, okay? And these beings were, are eternal. These beings are not immortal these beings would change themselves to female in order to have a child, uh, to birth a new Nemo. They would put their consciousness into that new being and thus were eternal. So as they gave birth, their old body would die and they would be in the new body. And that's how the Nemo progressed through time. So okay? you think that that's us. They can, they can create, they can, no, no, they can create new beings, okay? So two Nemo can get together to create a new being that has key from both of those and that thus the race can expand. Yep, but yep. individual Nemo can maintain themselves through time by going through this process and creating their next body. And then that body that they create there is different from the body that is created from the blending of the two. The All reincarnation. Right? Where, that's what the reincarnation you think of our spirit. Okay. This, is, this is our reincarnation. Our reincarnation involves a structure that is not in our body. Okay, so when we reincarnate, we have a time gap, maybe thousands of years, but we are the Nemo. The Nemo are so magnificently uh, ethically balanced karmic beings that when they had damaged this planet, it was determined that they owed us, owed this planet. And the only way they could manage that was to become part of the planet. And so we were created as the vessels for the Nemo to reincarnate on this planet. Huh, interesting. Well, they kind of, they didn't think of themselves as becoming enslaved to the mantids. <laughs> well, there's, there's the thing. That's, that's the issue of karma. Okay, so here's the thing about reality. It's PPO, okay? So it's PPO, um, which is potential, probability, and outcome. Potential is like electricity, right? The charge. So there's so much that normies don't understand. They think of as a, they think there actually is uh, an electron and a, and a positron. That is to say, they think of as 
a, a, a negative electricity and a positive electricity. And there isn't. There is simply charge and discharge. This is the etheric viewpoint, right? And so potential exists with billions of humans all having a charge, a mental idea. So if all of us today, millions of humans in, in today on Friday, learn that absolute fact that uh, the election was cheated, there is a giant potential that is created. We all have this same charge. Charge cannot be maintained in universe. This is an electric universe. And so charge will discharge and things will change. So, so we go from potential where everybody learns that information to probability where we all hold that charge state to outcome. And so that's where we are now. And that is the whole point of universe to see what will happen. So it's like a neural net in programming where you train the little critters and then you launch them out and you don't know, you know they'll derive an answer, but you don't know what that answer is or how the derivation will actually proceed in the moment. You know some parameters, but that's about it. That's the way it is with, with potential and the, the point of discharge. We know that there's millions of humans out here that they're gonna get new ideas over these next three weeks and we're gonna have an outcome from it. And universe wants to see what that outcome is. And so I dispute all of the people that are mucking about in woo-woo that say that there are multiple timelines or that every time you make a decision, a new universe is created kind of a thing, right? And that you bifurcate based on that decision. Universe doesn't work that way. Universe wants to find out what will happen. So it sets up the potential, a test, by creating the, the probability of us getting this knowledge and then the potential of that charge existing and then to see how we discharge. Universe loves surprise, right? If we think of ourselves as in, in the Hindu sense, as being within the dream of God, God knows everything, so God loves surprises and wants to see something that is not known, something new to get that, that shock of the new, the flush of the new. That is the whole point for universe. For humans, the whole point of human life is to discover what should be done and what should not be done. And those two things come up in this particular state. And it all resolves down to outcome. Well, and you, let's get into your Alta reports because it's all based on this. It's all based on this charge and then the change and the emotion that causes this charge and then what that will drive. And your, your uh, Alta reports have been incredibly accurate over time. I mean, your time, you don't really know. And I've, I've been told by really good psychics that time is the hardest thing to, I mean, it's, only, it's impossible to figure out the timing, but timing to be, is, yep. yeah, yeah, timing is very difficult, but your alter reports are now proving out, which is really cool actually. And I think that's why so many people are listening to you to figure out what the hell is going on. Now, um, are your alter reports showing that this is going to be, you know, like what is gonna happen over this year? Are we gonna see massive changes like are, is the united states going to collapse in the sense over the next couple of years in the way that we know of the united states and is there going to be a rebirth of the u.s as to what we originally wanted it to be i mean because we have in the period of chaos and change the opportunity you have so much opportunity there it's going to be really dark but go ahead in chaos there is opportunity okay so so we will have we will have potential 
and we will have or probability and we will have potential. Okay, so in chaos, we're going to have opportunity and you are quite correct. The old Alto report said that we would go through this dire time, we would even have the point where we were creating re-education camps here in the United States, right? And we've got those things now, they're doing concentration camps and so on. Those are going to be put to a different use, all right? They, we will use those, but not in the way that the, the powers that be had anticipated. And we are indeed going to go through a period of time where uh, probably as of yesterday or the day before, uh, the... American empire is collapsing today, mm -hmm. tomorrow, the day after, yeah. and so on. Yeah. It's collapsing, okay. Now, out of those ashes of this, we will throw away the petrodollar, and we will throw away the globalists, and there will emerge a rededication to America and Americana and constitutional republic. And the constitution part is going to be separated from America and will be applied to the whole world. It will be handed out, okay? People everywhere are gonna be involved in this. It is, so I've always termed it in the Alter reports as AMREV2, American Revolution 2, in which we finish the job, right? But it's more than that because it's our fourth turning is synchronizing with a, a first fourth turning for the whole of humanity. So we're having an American revolution that's gonna go through everybody on the whole planet. And over the course of the next few decades, I think we'll, we'll see the the, uh, removal of the CCP and a total reorganization of humanity. And we won't have central banks, we won't have this um, uh, global parasitic elite, and things will be so radically different for regular humans that humans that will be born even as little as four or five years from now will grow up in a, in a world where they will, they will be astonished that we all lived under the um, under the control of all these evil beings for so long, because they will live free. And that, that this is what I termed sci-fi. They'll, they'll, so, they'll, they'll, they'll understand what it means to be free, where we are fighting for it. Correct. And they will understand what it means to be a human, where we have no idea. Because over these next few years, one of the things in the altar reports that always got me so excited was this breakdown of the control structure that we have ongoing these days, literally these days, yesterday, today, tomorrow, this breakdown is going to lead to a release of snippets and chunks of real history that we'll start piecing together. Because even the powers that be don't have it. The globalists have even had real history uh, uh, obscured from them. But sure. we're, we're going to find it. We're going to find out what it it means to actually be human. We are, I think, okay, so I'm, I'm of the opinion, I have a conclusion that these humans, these hominids on this planet are perhaps truly unique in universe for so many different reasons, but primarily because of what has happened to us within our own history and that we are a species in amnesia. Mm -hmm. Now, there, there's uh, many terrible things we'll have to encounter in determining our own real human history, but it will be the most, it will actually bring what is called moksha or release, which is greater than enlightenment, because this will release all of those things that are torturing us. If you don't know where you came from, you can't know where you're going. Mm. Well, and, and we'll also be like the Rudolf Steiners of the world who we're, we're out of touch with so much of our abilities. Like we can't, we can't feel, we can't sense because it's being blocked from us. 
No, it's worse than that. Okay, because they have they've infiltrated our society and they're trying to make us into vegans and they're trying to put seed oils into us and they're trying to put all of these things into us to degrade those abilities, to degrade our nerve sheaths, to degrade the connections between the, the vagus nervous system and our and our organs. These are not okay, so each and every one of these little things that the powers that be do that make no sense do make sense if you are not looking at them from your perspective, but if you're looking at them from the perspective of the overall control. So why should it be that there are adjuvunks put into vaccines? So the vaccine is just this little tiny bit of a particle that your body's going to learn to know and make immune responses to it. And they tell us that these other things that they're putting in there are to make that work better and they use this term adjuvunks the graphene okay. oxide and whatever and, and all the stuff even going back into the, yep. the vaccines that you and i had as kids they had that shit in there and so we had a cancer bloom in my generation in males of a very specific type mm. of cancer that was related to the salt vaccine and i had it okay jay widener likely had a form of it and so on Okay, and this came from the salt vaccine because of the shit that they put in there. So we know that there's going to be cancers that are going to be produced by this, this vaccine. Also, also, by the way, if you have cancer in your body, mRNA just sends it into screaming, screaming production. mRNA kicks cancer up like you would not believe. So anyway, though, so um, the point was to degrade us at this level, that our abilities to do things are not separate from our bodies so in other words so in other words you're never going to see a master sorcerer and i'm not talking about witches or warlocks okay there is a difference so people like myself use source we use energy directly mm -hmm. as do the mantids and stuff and i'm not claiming i have their abilities or anything like that but i'm very advanced as a human and so we don't do things with source with trickery or any of that we use our bodies we don't use technology right or we use our, our bodies as technology so you've got to know your body you've got to have you know your nerves good you can't have jangly anything so you're never going to have a sorcerer that that looks like uh johnny depp sorry okay you're never going to have a thin beta looking male sorcerer a, male, a sorcerer is always going to be fit they're always going to be robust. They don't have to be big and bulky. One of the best sorcerers I know is Filipino. He's like probably four foot two. And, and uh, I know trees that will fall to an ax quicker than him. Okay. He's that, that tough and corded. He's got maybe 3% body fat. And this guy is incredible. This other Chinese fellow I know who can light um, newspaper with key from his hands and this has been demonstrated, I think, probably five or six dozen times now. And this guy can take a chopstick and drive it right through wood, merge the two, not push out a chunk of the plywood, but merge that chopstick wow. yeah. okay, with, with his key. And this guy is, is, you know, he's like, he's like this with all, just like all of these little muscles and everything, right? You've got, this is, this is the kind of effect you get when you have your body at that level. This is what we need for the sorcerers. And so, so I know because of the good fats I've got on my body in, my, in guarding my, my nerves that I'm impervious to uh, lots of attacks that would otherwise come psychically. 
so you see lots of people there saying they're, you know, abused people, um, targeted people, and so on. And a lot of these people could do things to prevent that, right? And and you can take these uh, these approaches. So humans have to manage themselves in this very chaotic period of time, especially that we now have these extra energies pouring in from space. We've got UVC hitting the planet, the surface of the planet, for the first time in known human history, and all these other cosmic rays and stuff. So we're entering a very energetic time in universe, and it will pay for humans to adapt to that and harmonize with it. And we obviously- harmonize. So in your Ulta reports, this is, I think this is a big thing that people want to know. Does it say that the people who have been the globalists and the psychopaths and sociopaths, will they come to justice? Have you, have any of your reports talked about that? Or will they have to, will we need to be able to synchronize with them and they need to change? What will they, you know what I mean? Will we purge them or will they merge back into the group? Uh, there may be individuals that merge into humanity that become subsumed into humanity, but the purge is a good word for it. It's, it's going to be a very bad time that way, right? In the altar reports, we had instances. It's necessary. It's like cutting out cancer. Correct. So we have to debulk, so to speak. Yes. And so in the altar reports, we had instances where um, there would be terrible things that would happen, where it would be deliberately done that they would be immolated. That is to say, we would herd some of these people, somebody would hurt some of these people into, into areas and set them all on fire. Uh, so uh, now this, this, I have to say, is very specific, okay, because this gets into weird, deep history again. So if you go back to the origins of Friday the 13th and why it's bad, um, Friday the 13th is bad because that was the day that the King of France and the Pope set on the uh, Knights Templar and they seized all of the Knights Templars' uh, money, their ships, and all of this. And they seized uh, about a quarter of a million Cathars in southern Germany and southern France. And they killed them all uh, because Cathars were Gnosticists. They were not, uh, they're not uh, Catholic, right? Mm, yeah. And they weren't even considered to be Christians by the, the Catholic. But it didn't matter. It was a power play. And so that was all done on Friday the 13th. The Knights Templars were uh, went through a horrific... Um, uh, death. They were deliberately killed through burning. Uh, they had this torture process to create a lot of uh, uh, problems in their body, and then they were burned alive. This was done quite deliberately. They did that because these beings that, that are at the top, the globalists, they know what I know about the NUMO, and they know about our bodies to some extent. Okay, they don't think of them as the Nummo. They think they're related to this sea monster, like the Queen of England gets on this stone every year with the sun, and they praise the sea monster ancestor. All of that. It's the stones in Wales. It's it's their their uh, hidden power stone. But anyway, the, and from there we get the idea of throne. Um, but anyway, the um, the situation is that well. Okay, so. Uh, I don't want to get into something that's going to take for, forever to, um, <laughs> to, to get involved in and, and finish off. But our, okay, so the ultra reports are flawed. They had some level of knowledge for all of us there. It was an interpretation uh, through my mind. I was looking at data that I had no framework around. So there were things in there that I did interpret to that effect 
but I don't know how to apply them in today's age, right? So I can't say that, oh, there's going to be a subdivision in the Northeast where we're going to herd all these people in and set them on fire. But I did have instances of those kind of things, of us tracking them down. Also, of a period of time where humanity was so upset and so dismayed that all of these people that we identify as globalists were under assault should they show their, their face in public. And that is what, from what people would just, you know, randomly arm people that say, oh my God, there's Bill Gates, whip out a gun and start shooting at him, that kind of thing, right? And so those kind of things were in the data. How solid the, the interpretation was is, um, is open to, to suggestion. Because well, you had no so, way of knowing, right? I mean, because you were like, it was yeah. 10 years ago. I was like, how the hell will you have any idea? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the first reports that I had on the sun disease was 1997. Yeah, I mean, how would you know? But with Correct. people losing their family members and their kids, and I mean, this is going to be... I and people, all, all the orphans, all the orphans. Well, thing. we're going to have, a, like I always say, where everybody who has the ability to take on some children are going to be taking on children. Yeah. I mean, that, and we're going to have to raise other people's children. Yeah. Right. Maybe that will kind of dampen down a lot of the anger is that we'll have to have real work to do, right? But there are going to be lots of angry people that will be be acting out. And so there will be a very, so we're going into sci-fi world as of next year. We're in the initiation phase. That, that year of initiating us into sci-fi world, 2022, the year of initiation, is um, is not going to be any less chaotic or any less dark but it will it will be less dark because at least we will know that we're on a path that leads us out we'll start be doing things right we'll be doing things that i'm doing makes you feel better correct the not knowing correct. is what's so hard correct and and we'll also have a lot of people that will be coming over to the woo so to speak right and so there will be more energy and we'll be start forming collectives and it'll be constructive. So at least in 2022, we start constructing again as opposed to deconstructing because we're in devolution now. Now the two will go on, we'll devolve for a long time and, you know, because we don't know what we're gonna wanna throw away from government and what we're gonna wanna keep. So that will go on for some time, but at least in 2022, we will have that path forward. Uh, we have a lot of terrible negative things to go through uh, but humanity survives, the, the globalists, um, we get justice. And in some cases we get revenge. Well, um, and I can't, you know, I have a hard time. I like to think of myself as somebody who doesn't want to hurt others. I've never hurt another human being. I've never even hit somebody, maybe my sister or somebody, but you know, you've never really, never punched anybody. I've never hurt, but I find myself having those feelings against certain people that I would have no qualm if somebody was just ripped apart. I mean, I, I am that angry with certain people. Okay, you know? so here, here's the way it is. Um, we live in a karmically divided world. So we all have our own destiny. Every person's destiny is their own. Their soul is their own. Their karma is their own. Universe creates us as it needs for its purposes. We can harmonize with that. And so I want to tell you that not all humans are the same, obviously, physically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, not all humans are the same emotionally at their vibration. And so you should never take revenge, okay? This will damage you more than it will aid you, okay? 
the reason that people like myself are created is for this dirty work. All right, so I, am, I was created as a warrior, but I'm a warrior in the sense of sitting bull. Okay, a warrior is to protect the innocent, defend the defenseless, that kind of thing, right? And to do what needs to be done. There is no, uh, there is only one justification for taking another human life. Everything else is a crime. We are in that period of time where that justification will be seen. And that itself is a terrible thing. But you need to take certain lives to keep them from really hurting others. And that Correct. I think would be justified. I, I'm a warrior, but in a different way. I'm a warrior to save lives and to, I'm always a fighter. I'm always fighting for the underdog. I just, I don't know, that's my being. And I'm here to, you're right. I'm not here to hurt others because that's not, I, I guess I'm not that type, but I sure the heck am here to protect others and to save others. Right. And see, there are some people that are born to do this. Universe makes us as, as it needs. I, I mean, people just don't recognize this. The idea of all human uh, lives are, I'm a constitutionalist. So everyone is born with equal opportunity, but not everyone is equal when they are born to any given set of criteria, right? So not everybody is going to be a good soldier. Not everybody's going to be a good doctor. Not everybody's going to be a good scientist. And so we are not as the mantids where you can just shove us into these roles exactly. and expect us to go. We are not uh, you know, created in the egg to fill that role. Thus humans cast around figuring out basically, what the hell am I gonna do with my life and who am I? And this is the disturbing part to the mantids and their organization, but it is a necessary part to humans and we would not have the trouble that we have being ourselves if we were not living in this shell that has been imposed on us by the top-down organizational structure that keeps trying to fit us into roles rather than let us discover. And so this is why this is a great time for me. Sci-fi world is a great time of infinite discoveries by every single human on everything. And so it opens up everything. We will have many dark discoveries, but it is also a very great and exciting time. I'm of the opinion that the data sets, we're talking about a period that might run 18 or 20 years after we are successful here. So maybe that 18 or 20 years begins in like 2025. And that will be the period of time where we go around the planet and scrub out all of the globalists and ultimately end up in Antarctica looking for whoever the hell is down there. And that will be interesting because yeah, it's a headquarters of something because why did everybody go down there? And why is it, why is it forbidden for regular humans yeah. and only government right because yeah whenever they forbid you from something then that gives you a clue doesn't it right right well you are the most fascinating person i love talking to you like i said i've been binging on your shows i'm just like god things are just so effed up that thinking about things differently is needed and you just give different perspectives and get your mind out of that box and start thinking about things differently. And that's what we, whether your conclusions are right, doesn't matter. It's the getting out of the thinking about things differently. And that's what we need to do. And also don't hold on to your conclusions. We're in a period of time yeah. where, where we're swimming in the woo. And so you're going to run into stuff that'll change your conclusions from moment to moment. And that's good. That's okay. It is It'll okay. Yes. Solidify on its own. 
and sometimes I just kind of go waffle around with no conclusion. You just, do you feel that way too? I just go, okay, I got these facts all drifting around. I don't know what it is. I feel better once I have a framework because then I can run. But when I don't know, I just kind of put it on the shelf. <laughs> and sure, let it, let it percolate, right? right? Yes, exactly. This, this is the way humans should work, right? We don't know, whereas the structured beings, because of the way that they get that structure, they do know but they only know to that extent. We at least recognize there are things that we don't know. That was something I was really, you know, these, these you get into taking psychedelics, it really, um, you know, it's kind of a cliche to say it opens your mind, but if you can do these kind of things, a lot of people can't. And I think that there is some capability within our bodies that prevents people from actually reaching hyperspace. So for, for instance, Joe Rogan has talked in such a way that I know he's been there, all right, oh. in talking about his DMT trips. But um, he was just in and out in a flash and he had no real um, cohesion or, or, or competence while, while there. But uh, psychedelics are a technology. And I know that there are corporations now that are investigating psychedelics. Oh and, yeah, for a long time though, right? Right, and they're paying people to go on psychedelic trips and trying to bring back information and stuff, right? And because of my being outspoken on this subject, some of these guys have contacted me. Yeah. And the really funny part of this is these guys are being paid to take these trips now and they're, they're having a good time and all of that. It will be 20 years before they actually are able to extract knowledge from the uh, explorations they're doing now, just because of the nature of that technology. And these corporations don't recognize that. Really? Wow, that's interesting. They think well, you know, I... you're there and you got it right now. It doesn't work that way. Interesting, because I, you know, I know a lot of people that have, I know a lot of people, I know a few people that I talk to that have been subjected to testing and, and, and they take the, the kids or usually at kids age who they think have more of those psychic abilities. And those are the ones they want to work with because they have the ability to, and then they give them drugs and all sorts of the crap and do all these tests because they want to, they've been testing on them because they want to tap into all that. And there's, right. they, they do it to people who are supposedly more intelligent and have more psychic ability. And then NASA, go yeah, ahead. NASA okay, NASA is, is running that program. They've sent people all over the planet. I know people in uh, Nepal that they contacted and they're missing the point. That's the whole thing is that I was laughing with these guys and this guy in Nepal is a guru and he had a NASA interview and they pay him for him and stuff. He was very pleased about that. But anyway, um, they're missing the point because they're taking these kids and that's the, that is the, the Chinese approach. That's the top-down approach. That's mm -hmm, the factory farming mm -hmm. approach. Okay, 99.99% of these kids will never mature into a psychic. The, the whole psychic thing depends on how well you keep your body fit. You gotta get your nerves correct and all of that. Plus it's the, the your, how you do your key. So these people will hit, they think that the ability is native. They think the ability is um could be trained by them it's they like creating an entrepreneur right you exactly. that's just not how it works it doesn't yeah. work that way and so they don't recognize that the tech the technology already exists and has been in existence for thousands and thousands of years they just don't like the technology so nasa has been investigating people that can go out in the middle of a snowstorm in the uh, himalayan mountains strip down to their underwear wrap themselves in a wet sheet at minus 30 degrees and dry that heat with their body heat and not be cold. 
okay? And they know these people are there and they're doing it with them. And they're extracting their blood and doing all this kind of stuff. The reason that those people can do that is because they have immersed themselves in training for that technology. It's called meditation. Mm-hmm. NASA just does not want to deal with it, right? They just don't want to deal with it. They want to shortcut it. And so, yeah, and it just isn't going to happen. This has been an amazing conversation. Now, oh, before you leave, you got to tell people where they can reach you, where they can get your, I don't know if you're even doing all three reports anymore, and just give us your spiel. Okay, so I've got a channel on BitChute. It's uh, C-L-I-F underbar H-I-G-H. I post on Twitter under the same uh, handle, and mostly I don't mess with my website or do any of that. I'm not selling the alter reports anymore. I'm not running the data. Once we got into the censorship, it just made no sense. And then I had cancer and died and got yeah. into the lawsuit and all that crap. So no, the cancer and dying was good, truly. You learned a lot. You, okay. you are just amazing. Thank you, Cliff. Thank you for giving me all this time and listeners all this time. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to have you back. I don't care. I'm going to force you to come back. <laughs> no uh, send, okay. send me a link when you've got it and I'll uh, pimp it out. Absolutely. Talk soon. Okay. Bye.